Welcome in episode 196, What's Right with Nick Wright, and this episode of What's Right is brought to you by the McDonald's app. You guys know I love the McDonald's app for McDelivery. I love it because it's perfect for any situation. It's pouring rain, you don't want to go out, but you still want your delicious McDouble, McDelivery. Let's say your team's playing, you don't want to miss a single second, McDelivery. Or let's just say it's been a long day. What better way to fix that than getting a delicious quarter pounder with cheese and a large fry delivered right to your door? I love to order McDelivery when I'm watching a game or spending time with my family and don't want to get out of the house. And now, every time you order McDelivery in the McDonald's app, it earns you points towards free food, and everybody loves free food. So there's always a reason to order in the McDonald's app. Download the McDonald's app today at participating McDonald's. Delivery prices may be higher than at restaurants. Delivery and other fees may apply. Copyright 2023 McDonald's. All right. Welcome in. What's right with Nick Wright? First show post-Thanksgiving. All it took was us to not actually do a gambling show. And I went 4-1 and one on my picks. Documented on Twitter. 4-0 and oh, going to start the first four. And then the last one, the Browns. Uh, uh. Dorian Thompson Robinson got injured and that pick went to die with PJ Walker playing quarterback. But that puts us, I do believe we will check uh, on Thursday. We are right at 500. Demonze had, I believe, a losing teaser, but that's okay. We still had a good weekend hanging out. I got to see Demonze here in New York. Good family time. And we have a ton to, we have a ton to do today. As the producers told me, by the way, for our YouTube viewers and for this, the watchers, whether you're watching live or later, we know we've been having some technical issues. We are doing a whole technical rehab after the show today. So hopefully moving forward, uh, we won't have as many. We appreciate you guys bearing with us on it. I know for people that download the podcast and listen, it maybe hasn't been as apparent. But for those of you that watch it live or watch it on YouTube, I know it's been a pain in the ass. We're hoping to get that squared away today. All right. And one of the reasons I thought of it is Gabe told me before the start of the show to not be moving around so much because it messes with the internet. And I, of course, start the show by waving my arms wildly because I don't know how to do this any other way. We have a lot to get into today. Week 12 in the NFL. And today, the Pro Football Hall of Fame semifinalists came out. That's one of my favorite days of the year. So we'll get to all of that. But first, we will get to what missed. Uh, so what missed the cut for today's show is Dolly Parton cursing the Cowboys because I don't believe in that. Dion losing some recruits at Colorado as that seems to have at least briefly gone left on him. And LeBron plays the most minutes of anyone in NBA history, also has the worst loss of his career. None of that is in today's show. Here is what is in today's show. Demonze, start us off. Yeah, so the Pro Football Hall of Fame announced uh, their 25 semifinalists for this year's class. Uh, so yep. Julius Peppers and Antonio Gates are eligible for uh, first ballot selections. What are your thoughts yeah. on those? Okay, so, 20, so this is why the Pro Football Hall of Fame, in my opinion, is the best of the Hall of Fames. 25 semifinalists. That list will be whittled down to 15 finalists, and then of that 15, five make it. And so we are going to do that ourselves right now. We will go through the 25 names. We will eliminate 10 right off the bat. And then from those 15 remaining, we're going to have some very hard choices. So 
I will do this as quickly as I can, but this is one of my favorite exercises. It also should be noteworthy for contemporary watching of football when you hear people throw around, around the term, oh, he's a future Hall of Famer. It is a god dog difficult Hall of Fame to get into. So, going by position, there are no quarterbacks eligible of the semifinalists right now, so we can get rid of them. Running backs, Tiki Barber, easy elimination. Really good player, played in a big market. I understand, uh, you know, had a big name and some big moments. He is not a Hall of Famer. I'm surprised he was even a semifinalist. Eddie George. We're okay with him being a semi. We, we, we won't cut him right now. The, that was, the numbers are good. His value to a really good team was great and was, in my opinion, the most important offensive player on a Super Bowl uh, team that came a yard short. We'll let him move on. Fred Taylor, really good player, not a Hall of Famer. Ricky Waters, really good player, not a Hall of Famer. Wide receiver, Anquan Bolden, awesome player. He gets cut. It's not even a question. Torrey Holt, who has been banging on the door repeatedly, has really eye-popping numbers. He'll move on to the semifinalist category. Andre Johnson, he is a no, to me, what makes a Hall of Famer One of the things is, were you in the discussion for the best in the league, the best for multiple years? Andre Johnson absolutely was. He moves on. Steve Smith, overachiever, really good player. The numbers are better than you think. We'll advance him to the semifinalists. Heinz Ward, absolutely not. I understand people loved his blocking and he was a champion. He's not a Hall of Famer. Reggie Wayne, he'll move on for now. Tight end, Antonio Gates. He has to move on as a semifinalist. Unbelievable numbers. Again, remember, we have to cut 10, then we have to cut another 10. Offensive line, Willie Anderson was a really good tackle for the Bengals, had a really good career. Was not a Hall of Famer. Jari Evans, guard for the Saints forever. One of the best interior offensive linemen of his era. If I'm not mistaken, a member of the All-Decades team, he moves on. Now we're to the defensive side of the ball. Eric Allen, long career, good career, maybe even a great career. He's not a Hall of Famer. Rodney Harrison, he moves on to the next round. Uh, Was great with the Chargers, then won. Two Super Bowls with the Patriots. Was awesome with them. He's a finalist. Patrick Willis. I'm sorry. Darren Woodson. That guy's a Hall of Famer to me. Was awesome with the Cowboys. An all-decade team member. Won three Super Bowls. One of the linchpins of their defense. To me, he's a Hall of Famer. He certainly moves on. Linebackers. London Fletcher, not a Hall of Famer. James Harrison. A defensive player of the year. The single greatest play in Super Bowl history, a champion, he moves on. Patrick Willis, one of the greatest players, the best inside linebacker of his era. Now, it was a very short career, but he, to me, was a Hall of Fame player. He moves on. Defensive line, Jared Allen. Played for my Chiefs, was excellent. 
played for the Vikings, was excellent. Great counting stats. Was never the best, second best, or third best at his position. He doesn't move on. Dwight Freeney, he absolutely does. Robert Mathis, who played alongside Dwight Freeney with the Colts, really, really good player, not a Hall of Famer. Julius Peppers, no doubt. One of the greatest players I've ever seen. He moves on. And then the specialist, Devin Hester, the single greatest kick returner and punt returner in NFL history. He must move on. So cut from this group are the following. Tiki, Fred Taylor, Ricky Waters, Anquan Bolden, Heinz Ward, Willie Anderson, Eric Allen, London Fletcher, Jared Allen, Robert Mathis. Those are all great players. They're all cut. But now it gets damn near impossible. Our finalists are the following, and we can only include five. And this is why, again, when people throw around, oh, he's a future Hall of Famer, are you sure about that? We can only include five. Eddie George, Torrey Holt, Andre Johnson, Steve Smith, Reggie Wayne, Antonio Gates, Jari Evans, Rodney Harrison, Darren Woodson, James Harrison, Patrick Willis, Dwight Freeney, Julius Peppers, Devin Hester. It's so hard here. Eddie George is out. That's 15. And so... Sorry, good. Oh, that's 14. Okay, well, then we can add... All right, my... Then, uh... Well, then whoever I wouldn't have included, the wouldn't have made it anyway. So I don't know who I left out, but or if I didn't mention someone, did I not say Antonio Gates? Maybe I didn't say Antonio Gates. My apologies. He's definitely on the very short list. I thought I counted this out properly. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, Eddie George, you're out. Tory Holt, who's been waiting forever, you're out. Reggie Wayne. You're out. Steve Smith. You're out. God dog it. Rodney Harrison. You're out. That then leaves us the following guys left. Andre Johnson. Antonio Gates. Jari Evans. Darren Woodson. James Harrison. Dwight Freeney, Julius Peppers, Devin Hester. Who are the absolute, no doubt, must-have in? Julius Peppers is a no-doubt first ballot Hall of Famer. He is in, in my opinion. Andre Johnson was was either the best or the second-best wide receiver in the NFL with terrible quarterbacks for a half-decade. He's got to be in. Patrick Willis, one of the greatest inside linebackers in NFL history. He's got to be in. Devin Hester, the single greatest kick returner in NFL history. He's got to be in. That's four. Andre, Patrick Willis, Julius Peppers, Devin Hester. That means we have one spot available for the following guys. Jari Evans, one of the greatest interior linemen ever, an all-decade team member. Antonio Gates, one of the four greatest pass-catching tight ends ever. 
Darren Woodson, a linchpin of a dynasty. James Harrison, a defensive player of the year who had the greatest play in NFL history in Super Bowl in in Super Bowl history and Dwight Freeney whose numbers are beyond belief and I believe was an all-decade team member. Let me check. Uh yeah, was an all-decade team member. This is why this is the best Hall of Fame and the hardest Hall of Fame. I watched Dwight Freeney his whole career. The Colts' defense was built upon the idea Peyton will get us a lead, and then Dwight Freeney will strip-sack the opponent and put the game away. He's in. So our five Hall of Famers, if it were up to us, would be Devin Hester, Julius Peppers, Dwight Freeney, Patrick Willis, and Andre Johnson, with the hardest cuts for this year's class being James Harrison, Darren Woodson, Jari Evans, and Antonio Gates. So here is why this is such a tricky sport to do the Hall of Fame. I just mentioned that uh, I, I just mentioned the guys who were just barely on the cut, right? And let me make sure I have this right. And I'm going to try to find this in real time. The The problem for this is always that guys who are on the cut and then all of a sudden come available or like they just barely missed out. So for me, you had James Harrison, Antonio Gates, who was a first ballot eligibility, Jari Evans, De- uh, And who's the other one that I had? Darren Woodson just barely miss out. The problem is next year, who becomes, who is added to the list because all of a sudden they're eligible. So in 2025, Luke Keekley, Marshall Yanda are the biggest names eligible. I don't think either one of those guys will be a first ballot. Patrick Willis wasn't a first ballot. and He has a very similar profile as Keekley. So maybe we can get some some of these guys who have been waiting in. Because in 2026, Drew Brees becomes available. He takes one of the spots. And in 2027, uh, Adrian Peterson becomes available. He takes one of the spots. Antonio Brown does too. That's going to be a very tough one. And in 2028, Tom Brady and J.J. Watt become available. He take They take two of the spots. So point is, over the next five, six, seven, eight, over the next four classes after this year, there are 20 guys that are going to go in, but four of them are no doubt first ballot guys that aren't right now in the group. So these guys who have been waiting, a guy like, let me find a good example, someone like Reggie Wayne or Tory Holt might just never get in. And James Harrison, who I love, is going to be waiting forever. And so I think it's the best Hall of Fame. I think it's the hardest Hall of Fame to make. I think it is the coolest one to debate and discuss. And there are just certain years that you're like, well, 
who, how are we going to leave these guys out? Cause they only let five in. Okay. I, I hope that was interesting to you guys. I love doing that every single year. Cause it's a good reminder. You watch NFL football and you hear the announcers call a lot of guys, future hall of famers, man. Oh man. You know what? I want to do this. If everyone else, every other podcast, maybe I, this is, you know, the, I have the wrong recipe for success. Uh, other podcasts that are highly successful, they're also not immediately getting into last night's sports stories. Instead, they are just talking repeatedly and nonstop about the freakiest sex imaginable. And I just really am shocked at how many people what? are into what other sportscasters' sex lives are like. But man, oh man, those are podcast ratings bonanzas. Demonze, you seem confused by this. I'll send you some clips. We're not. No, 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 no. See, this is where you need to just do a better job of listening to me here. I'm not naming any names. I'm simply saying there's a lot of very popular podcasts that are super horny and that are just talking sex off the top. So we're going to talk Pro Football Hall of Fame. And I'm going to do this real quick. And I'm sure I'm going to leave someone out because I'm doing it uh, off the top of my head. But how many right now, no doubt, Hall of Famers are currently playing? The Miami Dolphins have one in Tyree Kill. The Buffalo Bills have one in Von Miller. And then Josh Allen obviously is pacing towards a Hall of Fame career. But he's not. if he stopped now, he wouldn't be close to it. The Jets have Aaron Rodgers. The Patriots have nobody. And if the producers, if I mention any team and you think I'm missing someone obvious, go ahead and tell me. The Ravens right now, say it again, Daniel. I did not hear it. Um, okay, they're they're gonna check me on it. I the and I'm just doing no doubt, no doubt Hall of Famers. Tyreek, Von Miller, Aaron Rodgers in the AFC East. The Ravens right now have none. Lamar is pacing towards it, but he's not there. TJ Watt for the Steelers. Miles Garrett for the Browns. Joe Burrow's obviously pacing towards it, but we'll see. The Jags have none. The Colts have none. The Texans have none. Derrick Henry is not a no-doubter, but I'm going to add him. He's pretty damn oh, close. Justin Derrick Tucker Henry. for the Ravens. Oh, good call. Justin Tucker. Good call, Demonze. So now we're at seven. The Chiefs have two in Mahomes and Kelsey. Chris Jones is not a no-doubter. I He might make it, but, but he's not a no-doubter. The Broncos have none. Russell Wilson's going to be a borderline. The Raiders have one in Devontae Adams. We're at 10. The Chargers have none. In the NFC, the Eagles have Jason Kelsey. Lane Johnson's going to be borderline. The Cowboys have, Micah's pacing towards it, but way too far away, have none. The Giants obviously have none. Washington has none. Detroit's got none. Justin Jefferson's pacing towards it for the Vikings, but he's not there yet. Uh, and I'm sure the there's... Khalil Mack's not a... No, no, no. He, he'll be borderline at best. Um... And I'm sure I'm leaving out some older defensive players who I've forgotten have are still playing that have Hall of Fame careers. The Packers have none. The Bears have none. The Falcons have none. The Saints have none. Mike Evans is not going to be a no-doubter, but we'll put him on there. He's putting up quite the career. The Niners, 
Trent Williams is a no-doubter. Christian McCaffrey's pacing towards it, but he's not there. The Seahawks have none. The Rams have Aaron Donald. And I'm sure I'm forgetting someone really good. So there are right now, in my opinion, 15 no-doubt Hall. And I and by the way, the quarterbacks, a bunch of these quarterbacks will make it. But the only active quarterbacks right now who have already done enough to be no-doubters are Rodgers and Mahomes. All the other quarterbacks still have a lot of work to do. Rodgers and Mahomes could walk away today and be Hall of Famers. Okay, there's our Hall of Fame half hour. Now let's get to what was actually planned for the show. Go ahead, Demonze. <laughs> All right, Philly took care of business in Philly against the Bills. Per usual, you probably thought they would have done that. Uh, but the Bills did play them close. It went into overtime. And now Josh yep. Allen has zero overtime wins throughout his career. Uh, he made a yep. couple mental errors there at the end. Uh, would you like it, Would you like to say anything to Bills fans to make it worse? Or No, I don't want to make it worse. Listen, um, Josh Allen played really, really well in that game. I thought Josh Allen outplayed Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts had a, a second straight really odd game where he uh, did not play well at all to start the game and then made critical play after critical play late in the game. And the Eagles are just great at finding ways to win, and I give them massive credit. The Bills should have won that game. They fi- They are great at finding ways to lose games, but that wasn't on Josh Allen, the interception notwithstanding. But here is the part where Bills fans and I are going to agree. And I mentioned it on TV, and to me it is the story from the NFL weekend. Sean McDermott didn't trust Josh Allen at the end of that game. The the Eagles are lining up for a 59-yard field goal. The Bills have two timeouts. The Eagles are down three. McDermott, in my opinion, foolishly wastes one of those timeouts to ice the kicker, even though with 70 years of data, we have no data that supports icing kickers helps or hurts the proposition. It's just doing it to do it, and they burned a timeout that they could have used, and I would argue the Eagles, because they didn't have a timeout of their own, were happy the Bills called timeout so they could settle the whole situation down. So McDermott could have had the ball on the 25-yard line with 20 seconds left in two timeouts where a field goal wins the game. Keep in mind, the Bills' best chance at a Super Bowl was ruined by Patrick Mahomes having the ball at the 25-yard line with two timeouts and 13 seconds left. He had a whole extra seven seconds. Now McDermott burns the one timeout. You still have one timeout, 20 seconds. Field goal wins you the game. To take a knee there with Josh Allen when he was playing as well as he is is such an indictment on your faith in that quarterback. And while I've been critical of Josh Allen, the entire team is built around the idea that you have a superhero at quarterback. And for them to take a knee, and it's not like, oh, we have a ton of history of winning these games in OT. Sean McDermott's never won a single game in overtime as a head coach. Josh Allen's never won a single game in overtime as a starting quarterback. You don't have a ton of history of that. And with 20 seconds and even just the one timeout, you have the entire field to work with. You can throw over the middle, call timeout, get it around midfield, then try to work the sideline and and try a 55-yarder to win the game. So listen, the Bills, DVOA says the Bills have a 14% chance of making the playoffs. The ESPN 
analytics folks say 15% chance. Vegas has the Bills at a 17% chance. The Bills have a 0% chance of making the playoffs. They, they, they're going to look back and say, we lost to Zach Wilson in overtime to start the year. We lost to Mac Jones and the Patriots. We gave a game away against Denver. We gave a game away against uh, Philadelphia. Yeah, maybe we should be 9-3. and three, But you're 6-6. Six and six. And you're not going to have any tiebreakers because you have five conference losses. So at 10 and 7, you will not make it. The only way they could make the playoffs is going 11 and 6. And I'm here to tell you a team that is 6 and 6 is not winning five straight when those games are at Kansas City, home for Dallas, at the Chargers, home for the Patriots, who are god awful but beat you, and then at Miami. Just not happening. Like people need to remove them their Bayesian priors of what they thought the Bills were supposed to be and recognize this. If to make the playoffs, the Atlanta Falcons had to win five straight games, would you believe they could? Or the Green Bay Packers had to win five straight games, would you believe they could? Of course not. Well, they have the same number of losses as the Bills. If the Colts had to run the table to make the playoffs, would you believe in them? Of course not. They have a better record than the Bills. So yeah, no, the Bills are cooked. They're going to end up firing Sean McDermott, and we'll see if next year they can be the team that for three years, everyone in the media, except for your trusty host, Nick Wright, has tried to convince you they are. They're, They're a talented, underachieving team perpetually that also, by the way, is not nearly as talented as people made them out to be. Von Miller, unfortunately, is not the same player. And aside from Diggs and Allen, who do they have on offense that scares you? Um, all right, let's go to the yeah. Eagles side of things, Demonte. Eagles side of things. Oh, yeah. So the yeah. Eagles have the best record in the in football right now. And Jalen Hurts is in the running for MVP right now. Uh, they have yeah. a showdown with the Niners next. Who are you rooting for? Which one would scare you more in a Super Bowl rematch between the Niners or Eagles? Well, neither would scare me, but the Eagles are a better team. And I listen, I'd be thrilled to play Brock Purdy in a Super Bowl. It would be, <laughs> sign me up. Sign me up for that. Um, the Eagles won't be afraid of the moment. The Eagles uh, have a super complete team. The Eagles have two stud receivers. And the Eagles are... Uh, and the Eagles are one of the most analytically savvy teams in the league. It's not just the brotherly shove stuff. It's all of their fourth down stuff, which not always, but they're typically super, super sharp on. Um, One more. So the Eagles would be, pardon me, the tougher matchup in my opinion. Yeah. So they're home dogs right now. The Eagles are in this game with Brock Purdy at quarterback. Yeah, it's. I think it's wildly disrespectful that a ten and one healthy Eagles team is a home underdog. It's not to say the Niners can't win that game, but that is a wild line. That is what, they're what two are they and a half fa- point are, dogs at home, uh, okay. and that is to me a what Vegas is saying is that they think the Niners, fully healthy, are far and away the best team in football. I don't agree with them. But that's what Vegas is telling us with that line. All right, next. All right, so the Chiefs took care of business in an AFC showdown uh, versus the Raiders. They erased the 14-point deficit and ended up coming out with the win. 
Uh, but meanwhile, the Ravens, or my Ravens, should I say, still sit atop at the one seed. But you say is the or look like the more incomplete or, or more complete team, but you've always been kind of down on the Ravens. Do you think that Arrowhead Invitational is in jeopardy at this point? No, I and I don't think the Ravens look like the more complete team. I uh, anybody thought the Ravens looked great on Monday Night Football? Uh, I'm sorry, Sunday Night Football against the Chargers. I didn't. That's the worst defense in the NFL. The Ravens had 13 points with a minute left. Now they ended up with 20 because. Zay Flowers ran. How do you the think the Chiefs touchdown. would do if they were missing Travis Kelsey? Right, but that's but Mark Andrews isn't coming back, buddy. I mean that's Not, the that's right. the problem. I mean <laughs> okay, that's the. Yeah, I, mean, I, I mean, how would the Chiefs look if Tyreek Hill were on the team? He's not. He's not coming back. Like the. I mean, the Mark Andrews is done, and is the, done. here is a. Yeah, I mean he's on IR. They 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 seem to think. They initially said his season was over. Now they seem to be holding out hope that he could come back late in the playoffs. I don't buy that. And here is a sneaky thing when it comes to the Chiefs versus the Ravens. I'm going to so right now everyone would say, well yeah, they don't have Mark Andrews, but the Chiefs have nobody like Zay Flowers if you take out Kelsey. Sure about that? Rookie wide receiver Zay Flowers has 600 yards, 10 yards per catch, and two touchdowns. Rookie wide receiver Zay Flowers, 600 yards, 10 yards per catch, two receiving touchdowns. Rookie receiver Rasheed Rice, 525 yards, 12 yards per catch, five touchdowns. One fewer game because the Ravens haven't had the bye. I say that to say this. The Chiefs' biggest question is their receiving core. The Ravens' biggest edge on the Chiefs is supposed to be their receiving core. The Ravens' excellent tight end is done for the year. The Chiefs' excellent tight end is coming off a 100-yard game. The Ravens' star rookie wide receiver has put up, I would argue, a slightly, it's in the margins, less productive season than the Chiefs' rookie wide receiver despite way more opportunities. And so I think the Ravens' offense is concerning. And as far as we can show you their schedules the rest of the way, let's just say the Chiefs lose to the Bills. Just assign the Chiefs a loss to the Bills. In order to be the one seed, the Ravens have to run the table. If the Ravens and Chiefs finish with the same record, the Chiefs are the one seed. So. The Ravens will have to not only handle the Rams, but then beat the Jags in Jacksonville, beat the Niners in San Francisco, uh, beat the Dolphins at home, and a divisional matchup where the Steelers might, playoff life might be on the line. They have to run the table there. And if the Chiefs run the table, and by the way, they are favorites in every game left on their schedule, the Ravens can't be the one seed. If they both finish 14-3, and the Chiefs are the one seed. If they both finish 13-4, and four, the Chiefs are the one seed. So in order for the Ravens to be the one seed, they're going to have to run the table. They're not going to run the table. And this is why I told you guys earlier in the year, the Chiefs beating the Jaguars straight up was critical. They have the head-dead tiebreaker. Beating the Dolphins straight up is critical. They have the head-dead tiebreaker. They never play the Ravens, so the tiebreaker comes down to conference record. The Ravens have three AFC losses. The Chiefs have one. 
So, no, I do not see a scenario where there isn't the Arrowhead Invitational, and the Ravens, the Ravens defense has been excellent, but so is the Chiefs. I yeah, and that Ravens offensive performance. Here's the thing. I was watching Sunday Night Football. The Ravens were up 13-3. The Chargers had done nothing. It was midway through the third quarter. And I bet the Chargers to win the game outright, live, at plus 680. Now, they ended up losing. I lost the bet. But my point was, I was like, oh, the Ravens will absolutely find a way to have the Chargers be right back in this at the end, which they were. Now, the charge it was... Two teams that love finding ways to keep things close when they shouldn't be, and the Chargers couldn't put it away. But I I do not look at the Ravens as the as a juggernaut. I, I just don't. They have an excellent defense, and Lamar can be dynamic. But I, I didn't think Lamar played very well in that Chargers game. I don't think Lamar's played that well since the Lions game. And so, no, I just... I, I'm not buying that the Ravens the last time as a you were real high Super them, Bowl team. So I was just thinking, there was some time earlier this year where you said they scare you or something. And I think, well, yeah, I mean, the I the, the, Lions the, the Lions game. I mean, they annihilated the Lions. But what's also true is this: they have annihilated their three NFC opponents this year. NFC teams that see Lamar once every four years cannot deal with it. Against AFC teams, they've been good but not great, and they've blown some games. All right, next. All right, so the Prince retained his throne against C.J. Stroud, but uh, kind of barely. Might have gotten the one, but C.J. Stroud definitely outplayed him. Uh, how close are we to seeing a new monarch in the AFC South? Pretty close. Okay, I don't, hold on. I don't, so I, I'm not going to say anything bad about C.J. Stroud, but I'm also not going to let just uh, the s- s- misinformation go without being uh, responded to. I mean... I don't know that you can say C.J. Stroud clearly outplayed Trevor. Trevor had 364 yards passing and three touchdowns, and two touchdowns, pardon me. C.J. had 304 yards passing and three touchdowns because he had the rushing touchdown as well as Trevor. Okay, I mean, you, I, I'll buy it. That's fine. Now that, no I, now that I look at it again, because right. he didn't th- turn the ball over and Trevor did. Okay, you know what? That's I I thought both quarterbacks played excellent in the game. That's why I said I'm not going to knock C.J. Stroud. But to answer the question, is there a chance that C.J. Stroud ends up being the best quarterback in the AFC South? Yeah, of course. Listen, I think Trevor's awesome. C.J. Stroud is having one of the greatest rookie seasons ever. I'm not going to put a ceiling on, and he... He had one of the best passes of the year uh, overturned on a questionable penalty for the second straight week, or it might have been two times the last three weeks. The touchdown pass he threw a few weeks ago got called back. That was an absolute dime, and then he threw a 70-yard bomb in the air to Tank Dell that got called back. I think CJ's awesome. Also, did you see what Trevor said when he was asked about uh, the rivalry and about the, he's, the one of the reporters said to him, like, hey, is it cool for you that there's another great quarterback in the AFC South? You guys are going to have this going for years. And Trevor was like, no, I want the teams <laughs> in my division to be as bad as possible. I'm not glad he's here. Um, That's awesome. I mean, CJ, I mean, it was a very honest answer. Uh, CJ's great though. So, uh, and I think the Texans are going to make the playoffs. That was a massive win for the Jags though. 
they lose that game, they're in second place in the division because they'd be seven and four, the Texans would be seven and four, and the Texans would have swept them. Now they're in a spot where it is just they're in such a strong position because they not only do they have the two game lead, uh, but they also have the benefit of let me make sure I have this right. The Texans have two divisional losses and the Jags have four divisional wins. So if they finish with the same record, the odds are the Jags will win the tiebreaker. So the Texans to win the division probably have to finish with more wins than Jacksonville does. The Texans are six and five, even if the Texans go five and one down the stretch, which would be very difficult, and they get to 11 and six. The Jags would then have to down the stretch stretch, pardon me, go two and four, and they're not going to. The Jags still have on the schedule home for the Bengals and Jake Browning, then two tough games at the Browns home for the Ravens, at the Bucks, kind of tough, home for the Panthers and at the Titans. So even if the Jags play poorly, they're going to get to eleven wins. So they, they, in my opinion, locked up the division with that win. It's a huge win for Jacksonville. Josh Allen, defensive end, Josh Allen played great. Now, the downside for Jacksonville, their left tackle, Cam Robinson. God, dog it. Sorry, but our internet's taking hits, but you guys can still hear me. Their left tackle, Cam Robinson, got put on IR, which is obviously a problem for them. All right, next. All right, so Frank Reich was fired after 11 games in Carolina. Um, so it's, it's kind of weird because he was he was really high on Stroud and he wanted Stroud over Young. The Panthers owner yeah. now claims that they wanted to trade for the number two pick to get Stroud, but then the front office got behind uh, behind Young at one. Uh, we're going to show a, maybe, I think, a tweet for those watching on YouTube. Yep. Um, far this from is me, what I Albert can't. Breer wrote. Uh, originally, we were going to go to the number two pick. We thought we'd get CJ because we thought the Texans were going to pick Bryce. And listen, we preferred Bryce. He was a number one pick. We had a lot of conviction. Uh, that's from Dave Tepper. So the, right. I don't want to spend a lot of time on the Panthers. Here's the deal. They're, they're a show. Uh, they, uh, they traded away this year's pick, which is going to end up being the Caleb Williams pick, so they could move all the way up to number one and they took the wrong quarterback, and now Dave Tepper, I don't know who's going to want to work for him because he keeps firing coaches. He keeps hiring and firing coaches, and to not give for hey, listen, I don't think Frank Reich did a good job, but to not give him a full season, you think you're going to go get Ben Johnson? You think you're going to get the top coaching candidate? Of course not. They're going to be out in the wilderness for a while, man. Uh, you guys know I didn't believe in Bryce before the draft. Too small, just don't believe in it. But they have no way to replace him. They're going to hire a coach who they probably is set up to fail, going to fire again. It's their, they what and they're going to watch the, the pick. Oh, I hope he doesn't take that there? job. Oh, God, I would hope he wouldn't take that job. They'd be better off staying, seeing if he gets promoted in Washington. Don't take that job. That job's got no future right now and a very fickle owner. Quick break, right back. What's right? Warmer, sunnier days are approaching, so fuel up for them with Factors, no prep, no mess meals. Factor will help you meet your wellness goals just in time for summer, thanks to a vast menu of chef-crafted, never-frozen meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. 
These fresh meals are ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Variety? They have that. Factor has 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. Working on wellness goals? Factor has you covered with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust. How do they taste? They're delicious. From breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious, and delicious options. What about quality? Each Factor meal is restaurant quality with premium ingredients like filet mignon, blackened salmon, and shrimp. So start spending less time in the kitchen now because you don't have to shop, prep, cook or clean up make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine what are you waiting for head to factormeals.com slash nick right 50 and use code nick right 50 to get 50 percent off your first box plus 20 percent off your next month that's code nick right 50 at factormeals.com slash nick right 50 to get 50 percent off your first box plus 20 percent off your next month while your subscription is active what's up everyone it's nick Wright, and i got something exciting to talk to you about today angie your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer. With over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros, Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. All right, welcome back in What's Right with Nick Wright, episode 196. And the holidays are upon us, and I know everyone's starting to think of what gifts to buy their significant others. I know I have. I'm excited to share a great holiday gift idea with you. Lightbox. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are proudly grown from 100% renewable wind energy at the Lightbox Lab in Portland, Oregon. Not only that, but they are simply priced. Lightbox's lab-grown diamond jewelry ranges from classic studs to more of-the-moment tennis bracelets, drop earrings, and more. I know my wife would like any one of those. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are perfect for family, friends, or even yourself. Make it easy for yourself and get everyone something special with a discount we have for you. Shop now at lightboxjewelry.com and use promo code NickWright for 10% off site-wide. That's promo code NickWright for 10% off site-wide. All right, well, <clears throat> pardon me, welcome back in. What's right with Nick Wright? We'll get to your listener questions and comments in the C block in about 10 minutes, but Demonze, let's get right to it. We want to talk Belichick here, so go ahead. So Mac Jones was benched again for Zappi. Um, the Patriots couldn't yep. take care of business against their future Hall of Famer, Tommy DeVito. 
At the end of the game, Belichick opted to go for overtime rather than get the dub. It backfired and they missed the kick, losing the game. What's more likely? Do you think Belichick is tanking or he has zero faith in anybody on his team? I the, I mean, neither. The, the, the Kicking the field goal there was not a controversial decision. It was... They they had a they had a fourth and five, which it with on the seventeen yard line, that if they with at most twenty five seconds left, they ended up kicking the field goal at six seconds because they let the clock run down. Going for the going for it there would have been absolute suicide. You I mean you you have a rookie kicker that you drafted in the fourth round. You you have to kick the field goal there. The kid just missed, and Is I mean the team now you. Go ahead. Is that the kicker that just that's the kicker that just got cut, right? And do, did ch- do you think No, no chance I, he just got cut. Did he? Did I miss that? I, th- I, I think I don't, he did. The, I, I could be wrong. I, uh but do you think, think he would have gone for it with Brady? No, you never go for it there. I don't even know what they're talking be- about. No, of course not. You have to kick it. You're on the 15-yard line with 30 seconds left. You play for overtime against Tommy DeVito. That's not the problem. The problem was starting Mac Jones. Who is a bro- listen? People can say Zappy's terrible, and Zappy is terrible, but Mac Jones is broken as a player, flatly broken as a player. So the listen, I don't think they're tanking. I think the roster has been terribly constructed, and I think they don't have enough talent. And if they end up lucking into Caleb Williams, I'm going to be sick to my stomach. But I think the Panthers are going to end. The Panthers might not win again all year, and that pick will go to the Bears. The question is. The Patriots right now, Patriots, Cardinals, Panthers, all have one or two wins. Everyone else now has at least four. So the worst case scenario for the Patriots is probably they end up with Marvin Harrison Jr., which is not a bad scenario. But in that scenario, they still wouldn't have a quarterback. But no, they're not tanking. They're just not any good. All right, next. All right, we're playing a game. Uh, Today's this or that. First off, we got the Broncos. The hottest team in the AFC uh, riding a five-game win streak. You've been calling Denver and Russ Cook for a while now, but it seems like they may have figured some stuff out. Going forward, the Broncos are dangerous or cooked? No, they're frauds. I mean, this, if, I, I just really wonder sometimes if people watch games. Like, am I the only person watching games? People are like, oh, Russell Wilson, 20 touchdowns, four picks. Dude threw for 135 yards. His coach clearly doesn't trust him. He's averaging less than 200 yards per game this season. Now, it's interesting that they've pulled they pulled themselves out of the spiral from 1 and 5, but I think they probably lose their next 3 games. Now, I in fairness, I thought they were going to lose to the Browns, but I also think they would have lost to the Browns if DTR didn't get knocked out of that football game. They think- at the Texans, at the Chargers, at the Lions. They're going to be underdogs in all 3 of those games. So, I don't but think they're going to make those the playoffs. Defenses I don't are think gonna they're going to to the Browns, right? Like, isn't that the best defense they're going to play for the rest of the year? Well, yeah, the Browns might have the best defense in football. I don't, listen, this is one of those things, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I'm not going to be wrong. The the Here's here's what I find interesting. Let me check this. Preseason NFL win totals. Uh, And this is, okay, there we go. There it is. The Broncos preseason win total. Wait, that's not right. Hold on. How have they changed? What the hell is this? Hold on. This I have the wrong uh I this this has been updated incorrectly, I guess. But let me look and see where the Broncos were. See if I can find it. I apologize. I should have had this. Here we go. I for some reason this was 
uh, from the, the active. The Broncos before the year, how many games do you think they were projected to win before the year? Give it a guess. Uh, eight or ten, actually. Call it ten. No, eight and a half. You were, you were half, closer. Okay. Ten's a very high number. So the Broncos are likely this year going to finish under their win total. They're probably going to finish eight and nine, at, or right around the win total, eight and nine, nine and eight. And because they were such a show to start the year, people are going to call it a massive success. It will not be. Now, coming, not having the season totally go to hell after you allow 70 points and fall to 0-3, credit to them for that. But this is not yeah. some dangerous, really good team. I understand they're on a nice winning streak, and on this winning streak, they have forced 15 turnovers. That's not sustainable. I don't look at this as a dangerous team. If Broncos fans can get mad they're at me. They've beaten some we'll good teams right. on this run, man. Well, they beat the Chiefs. That's the good team they've beaten. They beat the Packers. They're fine. They beat the Chiefs. The Chiefs are good. They beat the Bills, who are mediocre. They beat the Vikings, who are mediocre. Who are they beat the Browns in a game their quarterback got knocked out in. I mean, that game was 14-12, and the quarterback got knocked out. Like, I just, the. I mean, I guess credit to them for knocking the quarterback out on an illegal hit. I don't know what you want me to say. People want me to be a prisoner of the moment and be like, the Broncos are dangerous. They're not. Next. All right, the Lions were rolling earlier early this year, but Jared Goff forgot how to play mistake-free football. That was a Oh, gosh. And they lost to the Packers on Thanksgiving. Things in Detroit are fixable, or are they doomed? Well, our our Lions' number one seed bet is doomed. That's for sure. Uh, I liked that bet a lot. That's now cooked. Um, I don't want to say they're doomed, but what's wrong with them is not fixable. It's very simple what's wrong with them. If you can pressure Jared Goff, he's terrible. This has been who he's been his whole career. And this is another one of those things that folks just, when golf, you know, golf had a stretch, he's putting up amazing numbers. And folks want to, they're like, are you going to apologize to Jared Goff? No. We have known for his whole career, if he's protected, he can look awesome. He was the quarterback for one of the highest scoring teams in NFL history with the Rams. He went to a Super Bowl. We saw him last year with the Lions on their winning streak in the beginning of this year. When he's protected, he's excellent. The problem is he deals with pressure, and I don't mean like existential pressure. I mean the actual like pressure of a pass rush worse than just about any quarterback in the NFL. And and I know people think this is like silly old scout stuff, but you saw it firsthand on Thanksgiving. He has tiny hands. And he, and he cannot hold on to the football if he gets hit. That stuff matters. And so that's not fixable. The reason I was high on the Lions was if they got home field and he could play in a, a weather-controlled dome and had one less playoff game to play and they could block it up, that Lions offense is dynamic and the defense, I thought, could be just good enough. But the defense has regressed. And the offensive line the last couple weeks has gotten its butt kicked. I should say the last couple weeks, but a couple times in the last few weeks has gotten its butt kicked. And all of a sudden, he's throwing three picks against Chicago. He's fumbling three times against the Packers. Gets annihilated against the Ravens. Like, there's a problem. It's just flatly a problem. 
So I don't think they're doomed. They're a good team, but this is not a team that's, if you can pressure him, he's going to fall apart. Next. All right, my favorite. Draymond is returning after his five-game suspension, but it doesn't really seem like he's learned his lesson. He said, I'm going to be me no matter what, so players should probably start working on their self-defense skills. It's more likely that Draymond will get suspended again or clean up his act. I mean, second one's not an option. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he just the, it's just a total lack of accountability. Um, and this whole idea that where he's like, he's like, listen, I paid my price. I got suspended for a game of the finals. Buddy, you've had like nine egregious incidents since then. Like, I, Draymond's an all-time great player, and he's a legendary player. He is also all-time first-team lack of self-awareness. And... Just the failure to take accountability. And what Gobert said, man, about if Steph's not there, he doesn't want to play. The numbers backed that up, and that was a that was a cutting insult by the Frenchman. <laughs> All right, last one. Go ahead. All right, last week you went on Mina Kimes' podcast and roasted sports media for being so in on pointless Thanksgiving topics. That t- The take blew up, but maybe not in the way that you'd want. So let's take a look at three tweets. Uh, we're going to show you yeah. guys on YouTube. Uh, when did when Nick did Wright Nick, start yeah. looking like Shia, Shia LaBeouf cosplaying as Adam Driver? That was good. Uh, Nick Wright looks like a homeless magician. That was pretty good. And the best one was, why does Nick Wright look like he sells used cars to Dothrakis? All right, that's a good. I mean, those are all really funny. Uh, I So here's the thing. I thought these were really well done. I thought that the commenters made, because I was still wearing my suit from TV, but I was in like a windowless room. I had a smudged camera. My hair was even more of a mess than usual. So I looked a little odd on Mina's podcast. I'll take that. I'm fine with that. those insults. I thought they were really well done. I thought the homeless magician line was legit hilarious. And the sells used cars to Dothrakis was one of the most unique insults I've ever heard. We answer your chat questions next. What's right? All right, welcome back in episode 196, What's Right with Nick Wright. This episode of What's Right is brought to you by the McDonald's app. I love the McDonald's app for McDelivery. Love it because it's perfect for any situation. Pouring rain, don't want to go out to get your McDouble, McDelivery. Teams playing, don't want to miss a single second, McDelivery. Say it's been a long day, better way to fix that than getting a delicious quarter pounder with cheese and a large fry delivered right to your door. I love to order McDelivery when I'm watching a game or hanging out with the family and don't want to leave the house. And now every time you order McDelivery in the McDonald's app, earns you points towards free food, and everybody loves free food. There's always a reason to order in the McDonald's app. Download the McDonald's app today. App participating McDonald's delivery prices may be higher than at restaurants. Delivery and other fees may apply. Copyright 2023 McDonald's. All right, Demonze, let's read some of these listener questions and then get out of here. Go ahead. All right, Billy Ray asked, uh, you called Brock Purdy a sports car because he's great when everything is going well, but isn't good when things aren't perfect. Can't the same be said for the Cowboys? Uh, possibly, yeah. I mean, I think that's uh, right. I, I, here's the thing. I, I don't think the Cowboys need everything to be perfect, but right now what is true is they have not played their Best, well, here, I want to be honest. I thought the Cowboys played really well against Philly. They lost, but they went to Philly. The game came down to a couple key plays. 
Philly made them, Cowboys didn't. But I don't look at the Cowboys-Eagles as like, oh, the Cowboys can't win that matchup. They split with them last year. I think they're going to split with them this year. Dak has cooked that secondary for a while. In my opinion, the Cowboys have played one truly terrible game all year, and it was arguably their biggest game. It was the game against the Niners because the Niners knocked them out of the playoffs the last couple of years. But I think the Cowboys are right now a touch underrated. I think that the way they have blown out these teams has to account for something. And the the Purdy point that I'm making is we Purdy has had multiple opportunities under the exact circumstances that when people are like, what do you want to see from him? I laid out exactly what I wanted to see from him. Then he had three straight opportunities in those circumstances, and he came up short in all three. So it, it's a little apples to oranges for the Cowboys. But yeah, both both... That's, it's why right now the Eagles should be considered the clear-cut favorites in the conference. I know I picked Dallas, but the Eagles have earned that up to this point. All right, next. Um, Connor Leland asks, is there any way Kansas City trades multiple draft picks to get into the top 10 this year to draft Brock Bowers and have him uh, have him learn under Kelsey? Would you love to see Mahomes ba- or Mahomes-Bowers connection? Yeah, I mean, listen, I think that would be a terrible idea. You don't, the, the, you, the chiefs are, listen, Brock Bowers looks like he's going to be awesome. And you guys know, last year, I liked the idea of them uh, drafting a tight end relatively with one of their first or second picks. So we could learn under Kelsey. I understand that, but the chiefs do not, are not in a position in, in my opinion, we're trading up. You'd probably have to trade multiple first round picks to get up high enough to drop draft Brock Bowers. And they need cheap cost controlled talent that can start, and they've done so well in the draft that I don't want them trading multiple picks for just one guy. So I would not endorse that, even though I understand. Yeah, Bowers, I think, would be amazing. and I think, But the, also, the super highly drafted tight ends as of late have not panned out necessarily the way people thought they were going to. All right, next. Majin Busha asks, uh, who, gets, who gets in for the last spot in the AFC, the Chargers, Bills, Texans, Colts, or Browns? Listen, I the I mean the Chargers are done. I I think that the AFC playoffs and I'll even give you the the uh order. I think it's going to fall like this. I think it is going to be Kansas City 1, Jacksonville 2, Miami 3, Baltimore 4 as your divisional winners, Pittsburgh 5 as your top wild card, Cleveland 6 and Houston 7. I think Houston's going to be the last team in. Um, all right, next. Football CF Candy asked, uh, Nick, what do you think the Bears should do this offseason? With the talent on that roster and the level of draft capital they have, they could be amazing next year. What is the best way? I think they trade Justin Fields to Atlanta for, Fields se- or for Atlanta's second-round pick. I think they... Draft Caleb at number one with the pick from Carolina. And I think they hold an auction for their own pick, which will probably be five or six, and try to turn that into another year with multiple first-round picks. That's what I think they should do. I think you draft Caleb, you trade Justin for a second-round, a high second-round pick from Atlanta, which I think would, I think it would be a good fit for him there. I think him with those weapons in a dome, on turf would be great, and I you could you know stay at number say they're drafting 
Now, if they if they ended up with the first and third pick, I'd probably just take Caleb and Marvin Harrison Jr. But they're probably going to end up with like five, six. You could draft the tackle there, but you took a tackle with the number 10 pick last year. I'd rather trade that, trade back a bit, and try to acquire more draft capital. All right, last one, Demonze. Uh, Wizzy1197 asked, does Trintage have an online store? It does not. It is, as my wife would say, it is an experience. So you need to come into the store to check it out. We appreciate that. Now, I do wonder if some of the Trintage hoodies or the Trintage branded merchandise, if those could be available online at some point before the holidays. But for everything that's in here, it's all one of a kind pieces that she's kind of hand selected. So it's not an online. It's not available online. All right. I'll see you guys with Colin in a couple hours. And I'll see you guys on first things first at three o'clock Eastern. Demonte, great job today. Great job to all the Blue Duck folks and podcast back on Thursday. What's right? Hey, it's Nick Wright. Thank you so much for watching. Please do us a favor. Click subscribe. It helps my ego. And Demonze's got a financial bonus writing on a number of YouTube subscribers. So help him out. And also, click the bell. I don't know what the bell does, but they tell me to tell you to click the bell. And your audio listeners, people that have commutes, drives, whatever it is, subscribe to the podcast as well, wherever you get the podcast. Same show, just, you know, just in your ears instead of through your eyes. All that. Check it out. Appreciate y'all.